right, Saturday night, and we are live. Welcome, Christian Television Network, to the platform. If you're watching on anything else but CTN or Rumble, switch to CTN, Rumble, or BlackRobeTV.com. Don't stay on those other platforms that routinely ban us and limit our reach and do all the things they do to keep us as small as they possibly can. We need to have a parallel economy. Switch to Rumble. Switch to the Christian Television Network. Switch to BlackRobeTV.com. Just want to remind everybody of that at the very beginning or I will forget. All right, Trump indicted down in the district court in Miami under false charges, under uh, archives charges, under the Espionage Act, which is a complete joke. I'm going to let Jesse Waters set the table for us. Play it for me, Will. Biden, like he loves to do, confesses to the crime on camera. He tells PBS he's been hoarding classified documents since the 70s. The best of my knowledge, the kinds of things they picked up are things that from 1974 and stray papers. There may be something else I don't know. And Biden was never president then. He was stealing classified documents out of skiffs as a senator. He had classified documents from Obama sitting in boxes in Chinatown. He had classified documents next to his Corvette garage wide open. Hunter Walton in cracked out with Chinese spies middle of the night. Biden had documents sitting out on the kitchen table while Hunter had foreign escorts at the house. Biden knew he had documents spread eagle all over the mid-Atlantic when he sent agents to raid Trump's estate. So, of course, we know the precedent. And I went over this on Thursday, but just in case, the precedent is this all was set in, set in motion, really, by the Bill Clinton sock drawer case where Bill Clinton had been recording meetings that he had been having with foreign embassies for years and years and years. He didn't turn them. He didn't even turn them into the archives. That's the whole thing. Norm, all of Trump's stuff, just so everybody knows, there's a copy at the National Archives. Just remember that. And whenever Joe Biden says there's so many tributaries to go down the, uh, in, in, this, in this story, but Joe Biden says, you know what? I had no idea. I'm not, I haven't even talked to Merrick Garland about this Trump and diamond. Of course, we all believe that, right? Just remember that this all started with the National Archives. Joe Biden wrote the letter requesting that the National Archives investigate Donald Trump. Remember that. So Joe Biden is lying, of course, with that. Just like just the same thing that Merrick Garland's DOJ. No, when I say Joe Biden, of course, it's Merrick Garland that wrote a letter to the National Archives requesting that they investigate Donald Trump. Why? Because they had already knew via probably an FBI confidential informant whistleblower, probably the exact same one that's alleging that Joe Biden took $5 million worth of bribes from the Ukraine, probably that same whistleblower. That whistleblower probably told the FBI slash DOJ slash Christopher Ray slash Merrick Garland that Joe Biden was in possession of classified documents from Ukraine. Remember that. If, if Joe, if the, you have this whistleblower from the FDI, FBI with the FD 1023 form where he is swearing and affirming under oath on a sworn affidavit that Joe Biden took $5 million in bribes from Ukraine, isn't it very strange or is it very coincidental that then Joe Biden could be in possession of confidential documents from Ukraine and because they found out one they found out the other and then they said let's raid Mar-a-Lago to cover up at least we can't cover up for the bribes because Donald Trump hasn't taken any bribes they remember they can't find any of that but you know why they can't find any of that because a Donald Trump didn't take any bribes but b you have SARs 
suspicious activity reports out of banks. That will probably be, they should be made public now since the IRS has full access to your banks without a warrant because the Supreme Court just voted nine to nothing to allow the IRS to access your accounts without a warrant. But I digress. So this whole thing started with a request from the DOJ to investigate Donald Trump because he had classified documents. Because classified documents had already been discovered with Joe Biden. We all know that's what's true. And so they had to deflect, just like they always do. Who colluded with Russia? The person who colluded with Russia was Hillary Clinton, colluding with Igor Danchenko. The only Russian ever found in the entire Russian collusion hoax was Igor Danchenko, who was the primary subsource of Christopher Steele. So once that was known, and Hillary, that Hillary Clinton was the one who was actually colluding with Russia, she had to accuse Donald Trump of doing exactly what she, in fact, was doing that he never did. That is the Democratic Party MO, to accuse you and even prosecute you and even use lawfare to persecute you for doing exactly what they are, in fact, doing that you are never doing. So the the precedent was set. Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton in office, I believe it was Katanji Brown Jackson, may have been the one who ruled on this, but don't hold me to that. It was a liberal Obama-appointed judge ruled that Bill Clinton was found in possession of classified documents. These actual recordings. Because Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch was suing to hear the recordings. So the judge ruled, now this is how the law system works. This is how the court system works. It's all set in precedent. So they may get, listen, it's very easy to get an indictment because you're not allowed to defend yourself during the indictment process. So the, the, the grand jury that's in panel to hear the indictment material is only hearing from the prosecutorial side. Just remember that. So it's very easy. They're not hearing any exculpatory material. The prosecutors aren't even required like they are when they're seeking FISA warrants. You have to put down, you have to put down exculpatory material, which of course, of course, McCabe didn't do. He's fired. Comey didn't do. He's fired. But in, but in an indictment, when, you're in, when you've impaneled a grand jury to decide whether to indict an individual or not, you do not have to present exculpatory material. So anybody can get an indictment. The common uh, legalese that people always talk about is you can indict a ham sandwich. It doesn't really matter. You can indict anything because the grand jury, the grand jury is only hearing one side of the issue. So just remember that. But anyway, Bill Clinton was exonerated because the precedent was set by it was either Katanji Brown Jackson or another liberal appointed Obama appointed judge. The precedent was set that a, that a, anything that the president difficult to 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 delineate between precedent and precedent, but we'll do the best we can. But the precedent was set that the president can take home anything they want. And that is considered to be declassified simply by him taking home. Now, Trump has testified that he did actually officially declassify all this stuff anyway. Now, allegedly, they have a tape of of Trump in a dinner conversation with staffers all around talking to a reporter, well, talking to somebody who's going to help him write a book. And he was talking about war plans with Iran. There's no documents that prove this. Nobody's heard the tape, of course. We'll never hear the tape, of course, because you and I are the peasants and we're not allowed to hear the tape. But allegedly he was talking about classified documents. Didn't show, didn't say that he showed them anything. Didn't say, here, look at this. He was talking about it. 
So I guess any conversation, you're going to have to monitor the thoughts and conversations of all ex-presidents because their thoughts and their conversations now are, are a violation of the Espionage Act. The Espionage Act, by the way, via precedent, is not allowed to be used against, guess who? Presidents and ex-presidents. It doesn't have anything to do with them. Not at all. And it has to be espionage, by the way. And I just wonder with all the libtards out there, what happened to all your Trump was selling nuclear secrets and nuclear codes to Iran uh, stories? Your allegations that Trump was doing all that, that's gone now. So you had to come up with this Iran story, right? But the precedent was set. It doesn't matter what Donald Trump has. It's already been ruled on. Bill Clinton was exonerated on it. The judge ruled anything a president brings home is considered to be his personal property is henceforth declassified. That's a fact. That's as far as it's ever going to get. Now, they had to, of course, go to a blue jurisdiction in Miami. It's one of the very few all blue jurisdictions in the country because this is what they're doing. And I know this is redundant for those of you that watch this podcast all the time, but please understand lawfare. Do you think that they would, now where did they get the Mar-a-Lago raid magistrate to go ahead and okay a faulty search warrant for Mar-a-Lago? Of course, they had to go to Broward County. They go to a blue area with a, with a blue popular, all blue area, blue judge, blue jury, blue grand jury, blue uh, prosecutors. That's what they do. The same thing they did with Alex Jones. That's what they did with Steve Bannon. That's what they did with Peter Navarro. That's what they did with Roger Stone. They bring them all to D.C. They couldn't do that to Alex Jones, so they brought him to Austin, Texas, which is all blue. So you have a blue judge, blue prosecutor, blue attorneys, blue juries. And, you are, and what all the leftists are saying now is, listen, this is just the court system. Why, why can't you guys just obey the court system? Because the court system is fraudulent. Because the courts understand something. Our court system is biased. Is every court biased? No. But the ones in Chicago are. The ones in Miami are. 98% of the citizenry in Washington, D.C. voted for Joe Biden. And that's where they schedule. That's where they put on the docket all these trials of the Roger Stones, the Mike Flynn's, the Peter Navarro's, and the Steve Bannon's. And when they want to get Alex Jones, when they want to lawfare, lawfare him into bankruptcy, they bring him to Austin, Texas, and Hartford, Connecticut. So you have a blue judge, blue prosecutor, blue attorneys, blue grand juries, blue regular juries, blue appellate courts, and blue Supreme Courts. And you will be found guilty. You're like, no, everybody will put their political bias aside. If you believe that, I've got swampland right behind this building for sale for you for $10 million. Because you will never get a, please understand this. If you're the head of a Republican club somewhere or a legitimate Trump club, which means legitimate conservatism, and you're in a blue area, they can just charge you with a crime. You're like, wouldn't matter because I will always have evidence of my innocence. Doesn't matter whether there's evidence of your innocence or not. They'll just put it on a form that you're guilty and then you will have a blue prosecutor, a blue defense attorney, a blue grand jury, a blue judge, a blue regular jury, jury and paneled against you. And if you lose, which you will, then you will appeal it to a blue appellate court and you will lose. That is the current status of where we're at. This is the only reason why they can ever get an indictment against Donald Trump. They didn't go to Tampa. Tampa's about 50-50. Didn't come to Sarasota, which is all red. 
They didn't go to Tallahassee, which is red. They didn't go to Jacksonville, which is 50-50. They went to all blue Miami, all blue judge, all blue magistrates, all blue prosecutors, all blue juries, all blue grand jury. You put Trump on there, you're guilty. It does, they, they could say that Trump stole an F-16, flew it, flew it over Washington, D.C., and dropped missiles on Washington, D.C., you're like, that never happened. Doesn't matter. They put it on a charging document. Charging document is, dis- uh, when you have a charging document, the, the local, the, the district attorney decides whether to prose- prosecute that charging document or not, whether to actually press charges against that person. So it's a blue Soros bought and paid for district attorney. It's Trump's on there. Doesn't matter that Trump never stole the jet. Doesn't matter that he never doesn't know how to fly. Doesn't matter that he's out of the country on the day of the event. The district attorney sees Trump on there. I'm filing on it. And then it goes to a judge to, about whether it becomes really official or not. Judge who's blue says yes. Then they import a panel, a blue grand jury who indicts him. And you're like, man, but he was never even there. He never did it. He was never even in the country. It doesn't matter. This is, the, this, is, this is the state of the judicial system of the United States of America right now. It is lawfare. It's what Mark Elias with Perkins Coie is always using. They have chosen now to to absolutely break new ground. They have opened Pandora's box. Understand this, and we must answer. We must call upon our elected officials, which includes red district attorneys, because if they can do this, then we can do it. If you can charge Donald Trump under the Espionage Act and narrow violations, archives violations, in Miami then they can be done by Ken Paxton when he defeats his impeachment, which is being done by Rhino Republicans, bought and paid for by Act Blue in Texas. He can do it. Bailey can do it in Missouri. We must answer. We, if, they're gonna, if, they're, if we are going to open up Pandora's box and start prosecuting our number one political adversaries, see, this isn't lawsuits. See, Trump goes and sues people for defamation. This is, they want, you know what they're trying to put him in jail for? Over a hundred years. This is not, this is not a lawsuit where somebody wins a million dollars that they pay over the next 50 years of their life long after they're dead and they never pay it. This is putting people in prison. I went back and forth with a guy on Twitter because he's like, you know, what about Benghazi? And what about the, and, and Hillary Clinton's uh, 33,000 deleted emails. And why wasn't she ever tried? Because at that time, we weren't doing those things. And all I mean, why? I mean, again, I'm not trying to blame Trump, but in essence, I'm blaming Trump. I'm not blaming him for his current situation at all. But he should have prosecuted these people. He was always trying to be to, to make up with them, make amends, and to and to cross a bridge, build a bridge. You can't build a bridge with demons. They will do while you're sitting there and you're and you're conducting or you're allowing an interview with George Stephanopoulos who is backstabbing you behind your back, feeding information to the Clinton machine while you're sitting there doing a friendly interview with, with, with George uh, Stephanopoulos. He, he, Trump was just always thinking that somehow he'd at least be somewhat accepted by these people. They're not. They're evil, nasty, demonic people who will put you in prison knowing that you are completely innocent of the charges that they've tried you and convicted you for. They know it. Please understand that is the current situation in our judicial system in the United States of America, and we must answer. 
People are, as I told you in the last podcast, the attorney general, last name's Bailey, out in Missouri, is suing the Biden administration for its collusion with big tech. That can be done on any state. So if Missouri, a conservative state, is doing it, why is Florida not? Why is Georgia not? Why is Alabama not? Because you have people in Alabama like Governor Kate App, Ivy, who's a vaccine mat, vaccine uh, pimp, mask pimp, COVID caving, spineless rhino Republican. They need to be voted out. Asa Hutchinson in Arkansas, they have no guts. They're actually all Democrats fighting against you with R's in front of their names. All right, I don't want to spend all night. So let's go to the next one. Tom Fitton tweet. I don't know if you can read this or not, so I'll read it to you. I've carefully reviewed. Now, this is from Judicial Watch. This is the same man and same organization that sued Bill Clinton for his sock drawer cassette tapes of him having conversations with foreign emissaries. I've carefully reviewed this document, the document of Trump by his political opponents at the Biden Justice Department. Judicial Watch has nearly 30 years of experience litigating federal and presidential records issues, including the famous Clinton sock drawer case. The document dishonestly ignores the U.S. Constitution, the Presidential Records Act, legal precedent, sock drawer legal precedent, and the DOJ's archives previous position that White House records, White House record records a president take records a president takes with him when he leaves the White House are presumptive, presumptively personal and not subject to review by bipartisan Biden appointees at DOJ or archives. Under the Constitution, federal law and precedent, none of the documents are currently classified or national switch will forming. Next one. Defense information that restricts Trump's handling of them. They are all his personal records and frankly should be returned to him. If justice prevails, the indictments won't survive scrutiny by honest constitutionalist judges and will be thrown out. That's what should happen. That is, that is the law in effect. You can bring it back to me. So that's the law. And just remember how this all started. Everybody always talks about how the FBI is, was or is investigating parents who are speaking up at school board meetings. Everybody talks about that, but they don't talk about how it started. How it started was Merrick Garland sent a letter to the NSA, not the National Security Association, the National School Board Association, requesting a letter from them for them to complain about security issues and being and feeling like they were threatened by parents now they had never said that the national school board association had never said they felt threatened had no by the way there's never been a documented threat by one parent speaking in a school board meeting not one but yet there was a terrorist watch list that was actually orchestrated by the FBI, which had parents' names on it, and they did full investigations on those parents who committed no crimes. There was no evidence of them committing a crime. There was no evidence that actually legitimized starting any investigation into any of these parents. But everybody talks about the the FBI's investigating parents at, at school board meetings, but what Merrick Garland did was ask the NSA to send him a letter, sent a letter, sent them a request for them to request FBI FBI investigations into parents speaking to school board meetings because they felt threatened, even though there's never been one single documented threat by one parent at any school board meeting yet. It's all the same if you ever notice it. There's no real problem 
But yet the globalist, bourgeois, leftist, elitists always offer you their solutions. There's no problem with climate change, yet they're offering you their uh, tyrannical solutions. You will have an EV. We will control the grid. We will control your emissions. There is no threat from COVID. I'm, I repeat, no statistical threat from COVID that was anything more than a regular flu. 99.997% post-infection survival rate from the Axe Force Leonidas study out of the bastion of right-wing conservatism, Stanford University in Northern California, where Nancy Pelosi's from. They create a problem out of thin air and then offer you their totalitarian response, their totalitarian solutions. Oh, we, 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 have, a, we have a transgender genocide. Where? White supremacist terrorism. Where? Where, where? where is the documentation of even one incident of white supremacist terrorism since the Biden administration took office? Where's any videos of anybody, anybody beating up a transgender person where but yet there where's where's any videos of a transgender genocide they just make it up out of thin air and then offer you their totalitarian solutions which is absolute control over you which is to leverage you into a one world commerce system with a singular access point that the globalist leftist bourgeois elitist control that's the point of it all. It's all illustrated in Revelation chapter 13, 16, 17, and 18. Revelation chapter 14, 9 through 11, 12 through 13, 14 through 16. All right, back to the indictment. Paul Sperry tweet. Breaking, indictment confirms Democrat and Russiagate retread. Here are the people that are working on the latest Donald Trump hoax, the latest uh, collusion hoax, Ukraine hoax, calling uh, uh, Russian, Russian bounties on American soldiers hoax. Uh, Donald Trump said that Americans who died it on D-Day were losers hoax. Oh, that, that Donald Trump instigated the 1-6 riot hoax. It's just all one giant hoax after another. Here's the latest pro- prosecut- prosecutorial hoax. It's all worked on the same people. It's all being done, all being orchestrated, all being carried out by the exact same losers that did Russiagate. Indictment confirms Democrat and Russiagate retread. Jay Bratt is lead prosecutor on special counsel Jack Smith's team. According to Federal Election Commission records, Bratt has given exclusively to the Republican Party, independents, the Liberal Party, the Green Party, doesn't give it all. Shouldn't they, if we're gonna have people that are prosecuting Republicans, should they be people that give to the Democratic Party? And of course, you have Jay Bratt and you have Jack Smith, of course. We'll talk about him in a second. They go and they seek their indictment in an all blue area. So you've got Jay Bratt this blue, Jack, Jack Smith this blue, Merrick Garland is blue, Joe Biden that's blue, the district court is blue, the district court prosecutor is blue, the district court's judge is blue, the grand jury is blue, the jury will be blue. Possibly the appellate court's blue, but you won't get too far in Florida. That's the good thing. But in the Supreme Court should rule 5-4 to allow Trump to stay out of prison. But just so you know, these are all Democratic Party operatives that are, that are orchestrating this quote-unquote indictment of Donald Trump. All right, let's go to the next one. One thing I want to tell you real quick on Jack Smith. Jack Smith, who is, who is the special counsel 
in charge of the Mar-a-Lago raid. Now, remember, we got a special counsel by the last name of her. That's my fault, Will. That's the last name of her. That's in charge of the non-Biden raid, the non-Biden uh, uh, locating of the find the find, it's hard to put into words because we all know that Joe Biden will basically a whistleblower just dimed Joe Biden out and said he's got confidential he's got confidential documents he's got classified documents compartmented classified documents that highly classified documents from the time that he was a senator all the way through being vice president which he could never declassify and Donald Trump can declassify so no matter what Joe Biden's guilty no matter what Mike Pence is guilty. There's, there's no way for them to be innocent. If you're going to try Donald Trump, who can declassify all the documents that he had, then that means that Joe Biden is inherently guilty. He could never have declassified them, and Mike Pence could never declassify the documents that he had in place. But these people are all basically act blue operatives. These are all donors to the Democratic Party. Jack Smith... His wife is a Biden donor and works for, works with Michelle Obama. The guy that's prosecuting Donald Trump's wife works with Michelle Obama. And he worked with Lois Lerner to target Tea Party members for audits and got annihilated in court for doing so. And why did Lois Lerner not get prosecuted? This is what I'm talking about. He should be prosecuted. And by the way, the statute of limitations has not run out on Hillary Clinton's deleted 33,000 emails. She's out there mocking Donald Trump right now with hats. Trying, She's actually pimping hats saying, what about her emails? Mocking Donald Trump. She, listen, the statute of limitations has not run out because those are 33,000 separate felonious counts of obstruction of Congress. Felony obstruction of congress the, the statute of limitations has not run out on on jack smith and lois learners filing false police reports filing false documentation on tea party members calling for their audits and their perjuries the perjury of anthony fauci the perjury of francis collins the perjury of deborah burks all of these people need to be prosecuted and need to be sued into oblivion to where their retirements will not pay for that which they've lost financially. That's who these people are. All right, go to the next one for me. Kyle Serafin tweet. Just in, the FBI security division has secretly reopened investigations in over into over 700 agents. The FBI is investigating itself. This is, leave this up for me, Will. This is what's always interesting. What's amazing to me to this day is that leftists do not see how lawfare will turn on them. It's amazing. They're all rejoicing in Trump's indictment when they don't realize, first of all, there's, there's actually two different tributaries to this river. First of all, when Republicans own the DOJ, then they can bring you to a red jurisdiction with a red judge, with a red population, with a red prosecutor, and you will stand charges there with a red jury, with a red grand jury. So we can do that, which we have to do, by the way. And then the other side of it is, when the leftist totalitarians that these other leftists just really love because they're going after Trump, the example that I always use is, in New York, 
Kathy Hochul had better grow eyes in the back of her head because the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, wants her job. What will Letitia James do to get her job? Because Letitia James promised that she would get Trump. That was part, that was how she campaigned, was go and get a political uh, official from another party. That's how Letitia James campaigned. But she will turn that same uh, corruption, the same false allegations, maybe call Kathy Hochul a racist. How will Kathy Hochul prove her innocence? That's like asking somebody, the example that everybody always uses, is if you want to incriminate somebody, go up and ask them, how often do you beat your wife? I mean, if someone asks you that, how do you answer that? You answer, well, I never beat my wife. So the article tomorrow morning, Tom Lipley says he never beats his wife. That's how they get you. And you don't think that the left will turn those tactics on other leftists when you're that demonic and you're that power hungry? Kathy Oakle better grow eyes in the back of her head. Gavin, Gavin Newsom, another white guy, better grow eyes in the back of his head. Because there's all sorts of people that will call him a racist. He loves it when racist allegations are made against non-racist Republicans, non-racist conservatives, and it's used to take them down. And he doesn't think that same tactic will be used against him? Because it will. And this is what's happening with these FBI agents. And by the way, I have no mercy, even on these 700 agents. None, because they haven't spoken up. If there were 700 agents that had gone to see Jim Jordan, that had gone to see uh, James Comer as whistleblowers, like Kyle, that's Kyle Serafin, is an FBI whistleblower. If all of these 700 agents had actually gone to see the, uh, to go see these congressmen in charge of the weaponization of government uh, subcommittee, the Judiciary Subcommittee, as whistleblowers, no problem whatsoever. I'm on your side. But they didn't. So now their own FBI, they've said nothing. They said nothing during the uh, Ukraine hoax, the collusion hoax, and all and the, the arrests of pro-life pro, uh, activists, the raid of Mar-a-Lago, the arrest of Navarro, the arrest of Bannon, the, the, the uh, raiding of Rudy, Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani's apartment, the raiding of James O'Keefe's apartment, the arrest and trial and conviction of Michael Flynn, they said absolutely nothing. And I'm forgetting many other cases. They said nothing. Now their own FBI is turning on them. Because you think, because these are allegedly, I'll read it first, the FBI Security Division has secretly reopened investigations into over 700 agents without notifying the divisions or management. This is over 5% of all FBI agents. Those we know about are military veterans and likely conservatives, of course. And it's great. I'm glad you're a conservative. But if you did not speak out against the malfeasance of the FBI, you're a conservative coward. You're just like a masker and a vaxxer, a COVID-caving Christian, a COVID-caving conservative, a COVID-caving clergyman, whatever it may be. And you thought that you were going to comply your way into your retirement. You will not. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny. You're going to have to stand or tyranny comes for you. And that's what's happening. Let's go to the next one, Will. Liz Harrington video. 
Jim Trusty just destroyed George uh, Pe- Stephanopoulos, who I talked about earlier. Play it for me, Will. I have this conversation with him. He very quickly pivots to concern about the country. You know, it's not a real selfish analysis. It's this is a bad moment for our history. This is our country turning the corner. And as somebody that's been around criminal justice for over 30 years, I agree with him. It's, it's a Rubicon we shouldn't be crossing. But doesn't the president, don't you believe in the principle that no person is above the law? If the president committed the same crime that someone else did, shouldn't he be charged? No person is below the law. That's really the issue here. I mean, you've got these investigations in Delaware that are a thousand times more serious by a sitting president who has authorized his DOJ to try to sink the candidacy of his prime opposition while that guy has unsecured documents that he stole out of a skiff dozens of years ago. So, look, you know, we're not talking about some sort of favoritism. What are you talking about? That is a ridiculous statement. Uh, There's this issue. (laughs) Nice try. There's an issue that anyone that reads any newspapers would agree is a parallel track, which is the Delaware document scandal of Joe Biden, where there's a special counsel, Rob Herr, that's investigating it. You know that there were documents that were sensitive, that were marked classified, found in a garage near a Corvette that made their way through Chinatown, through the Penn Biden Center. There's 1,850 boxes that have never been fully looked at at University of Delaware. You have the ultimate unclean hands of a current sitting president who had no declassification, had none of the protections of President Trump, and who literally had to have stolen stuff from a skiff. Even Dick Durbin has commented about how this was an outrageous possession of classified material by Vice President at that point, Joe Biden. So that's what we're talking about. You can scoff and act like there's nothing to it, but the whole country knows the basic notion of unequal treatment and fairness, and that's what's at issue with this prosecution. Another common talking point from the left, George Stephanopoulos right there, is anybody above the law? But as I've already stated, it's got nothing to do with the law. It has to do with where you are charged. Charged in an all-blue area with an all-blue jury, all-blue population, all-blue judges, all-blue prosecutors. It has nothing to do whether somebody's above the law or not. That's why they're not. Why are they not charging him in a fair jurisdiction? If they were to do that, then I'd entertain the question, is anybody above the law? But, of course, they're not doing it. Now, what Now, what is asserted here by Jim Trustee is, is that it had to be, just so everybody knows, the only access out of those... 18, 1850 boxes worth of classified documents. Aaron, have your camera ready to show you and Will here because I'm going to ask I'm going to ask Will a question here. This is our Marine, combat veteran Marine. Will, what does SCIF stand for? Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility. S- uh, sensitive Compartmented Information Facility. Now, let me bring it back to me. So here's the thing. The, the information that Joe Biden has in some of his 1800 and 50 boxes of classified document, documentation came from a skiff. Now, how, how, is the, how is the Congress right now? You heard Marjorie Taylor Greene talk about it, James Comer talk about it. For them to see the document, the FD uh, 1023 form that has Biden taking a $5 million bribe along with Hunter taking a $5 million bribe from surprise of all surprise countries, the Ukraine, shocking why they want it to all burn to the ground so there's no evidence 
How are how is Marjorie Taylor Greene, James Comer, all of those on the Judicial Committee, all of those who actually want to see this, not just the Weaponization of Government Committee, whatever it may be, over, Oversight Committee, whatever the committees are, if they want to review the FD 1023 form that alleges the Biden bribery, how do they do it? They've got to go to the SCIF. The SCIF, you can't bring anything in and you can't bring anything out. You can actually bring in a pad and write notes down but you have to leave the pad there. In order for Joe Biden to have skiff information, skiff documents, because you can't bring anything in and he can't bring anything out, he had to have stole them from a skiff. Hey, what is it again, Will? Secure, sensitive, compartmented information facility. He had to have stole them from a skiff. That's absolute fact alleged by Jim Trusty. So again, it's not only that Joe Biden is in possession of classified documents, 1,850 boxes worth that were at the Penn Biden Center, the Penn Biden Center overseen by the current ambassador to Germany, his own uh, staffer, his own administration official, his own, and also Antony Blinken, his, his secretary of state at the Penn Biden Center, bought and paid for by the Chinese Communist Party to the tune of $54 million that they gave for the construction, for it gave, to Penn, gave to Penn University, but actually, and, that, and some of that money was given, all that money was used to not only build the Penn Biden Center, but it was used to build the Penn, Penn Biden Center in its entirety. So he had to obtain, that's called ridiculous by George Stephanopoulos. How does George know that it's ridiculous? They just, they just put out, uh, you know, exclamatory information. They're, that's ridiculous. They make these definitive statements. That's been debunked. How's it been debunked? Line by line, show me how it's been debunked. Show me how that's ridiculous. How does George Stephanopoulos know that Joe Biden didn't take it out of a skiff when the only way for him to be in possession of it is if he took it out of a skiff? That'd be like me taking... Your car out of the garage, your car, Mark, as your plate, it is yours. The only, you had it parked in the garage. The only way for me to get that car was to pull it out of your garage. And George Stephanopoulos goes, that's ridiculous. How's it ridiculous? It's absolutely, there is no other way for him to be in possession of it. No other way, except if he stole it out of a skiff. And once again, he can't declassify anything, so he is automatically guilty. It doesn't matter that he's cooperating. He's only cooperating again because the same FBI informant, credit to Dan Bongino for this assertion, and this I'm just, it's just, a, uh, I'm just alleging this, the same FBI informant that dimed him out in the FD-1023 bribery, uh, bribery scheme, I guarantee you, because that had to do with Ukraine, because there was a bribe from Ukraine in reference to Burisma, is the same FBI whistleblower informant that's been paid hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, is, has been used by the FBI for over a decade. That same FBI informant also probably said Joe Biden has Ukraine skiff documents in his possession. And that's why they had to go raid Mar-a-Lago because they must always project onto you, onto their political opponents, what they are in fact doing themselves in the moment. Always remember that. All right, you, this blast from the past, I want you to see, I want you to see how scandals were handled 
just a few years ago, how, how we had, I can't go to, I'll let the video speak for themselves, but let's see how prior records handling situations were handled by the federal government. All right, play the first one for me, Will. Director Comey, uh, Secretary Clinton said she never sent or received any classified information over her private email. Was that true? Our investigation found that there was classified information sent. So it was not true? It, right. That's what I said. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking for a little shorter answer so you and I are not here quite as long. Secretary Clinton said there was nothing marked classified on her emails either sent or received. Was that true? That's not true. There were a small number of portion markings on, I think, three of the documents. Secretary Clinton three, said, I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. There is no classified material. Was that true? Now, there was classified material emailed. Secretary Clinton said she used just one device. Was that true? She used multiple devices during the four years uh, of her term as Secretary of State. Secretary Clinton said all work-related emails were returned to the State Department. Was that true? No, we found work-related emails, thousands, that were not returned. Secretary Clinton said neither she nor anyone else deleted work-related emails from her personal account. Was that true? That's a harder one to answer. Uh, we found traces of work-related emails uh, in, on devices or in Slack space, whether they were deleted or whether when a server was changed out, something happened to them. There's no doubt that there were work-related emails that were removed electronically from the, the email system. Secretary Clinton said her lawyers read every one of the emails and were overly inclusive. Did her lawyers read the email content individually? No. So all of these, all, all of what you said, and I, I miss when Trey Gowdy used to be one of us. I miss him now, but he's, he's gone. He's now with Fox, and he's, he's, been, he's been neutered. But he was great then. So you have to look at all of what Hillary Clinton was actually guilty of. I won't go through each assertion there. Well, just one, she's testified under oath, under oath, under the penalty of felonious perjury that all of her, her attorneys had gone through all of her documents. She swore under oath that she had returned all of her work-related emails to the State Department. She said under oath that she'd only used one device her, as, during her entire tenure as Secretary of State, all of which relies, and I'm missing half of the lies, that, that Gowdy and Comey just went over. All of those are felonious perjury, along with her deleting, and she deleted 33,000 emails, smashed the devices that had the emails on them. iPads and, and, and oh, they were iPhones at the time, Blackberries, I believe, at the time, smashed them into oblivion, bleach spitted, bleach spit, does that go in the software, Aaron? Would you bleach, hard, they bleach spitted the hard drive, all of which is obstruction, all of which is felonious obstruction and felonious tampering of evidence. And what? And where are the raids? Where, where, where are the probable cause affidavits? And here's the problem. Why didn't the Trump administration prosecute her? Because at the time, it was taboo to do it. I'm not, I'm not justifying not doing it. You should have done it. But at the time, you didn't prosecute your political opponent. They have opened the box. The Rubicon has been crossed. Doesn't matter who anybody is anymore. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The number one political opponent of Joe Biden has just been indicted by Joe Biden. Joe Biden says, it wasn't me that did it. It absolutely was Joe Biden that did it because he had to write the letter 
to the National Archives himself. The National Archives is exclusively under the executive branch and the president himself. He had to send a letter to the National Archives to investigate uh, Donald Trump because he knew, Joe Biden knew, he was in possession of skiff documents that he himself had stolen. Classified, compartmented documents that he had stolen out of the skiff and he had to deflect attention from himself Knowing also that there was a lingering, because he's being told the whole time by Christopher Ray, by Merrick Garland. Hey, just so you know, Joey, Joey Bag of Donuts. Hey, listen, there's an FD, there's a little pesky FD 1023 form that we're trying to keep from James Comer that we've had for years. I repeat, for years, just like the Hunter Biden laptop they've had in their possession for years. That would have stopped the second Trump, that would have stopped the first Trump impeachment right then and there, would have stopped it in its tracks right then. They've had these things in their possession for years. Hey, Joey, back at Donuts, listen. We've had, we, there's this pesky FD1023 form from a very reliable confidential source that we've used for over a decade, that we've given hundreds of thousands of dollars to. And every time he brings an assertion, it ends up, to, ends up being true. He always produces factual information. He's making an allegation that you and Hunter received $10 million from a Burisma-related corporation out of Ukraine. And then lo and behold, you have Shokin, the prosecutor out of Ukraine, fired the very prosecutor that was looking into Hunter Biden's dealings with Burisma. Strange, isn't it? And then, of course, Donald Trump is impeached because Donald Trump wants to look into the firing of Shokin and what Joe Biden is actually doing in Ukraine. And then he gets impeached for the phone call and the phone call when, when Donald Trump released the records of the phone call, released the transcript of the phone call, had none of the assertions that Alexander Vindman said were on the phone call. He was the actual whistleblower. So I'm just wondering at Hillary Clinton, multiple felonious accounts, Joe Biden, Mike, Mike Pence, multiple felonious accounts. And when we are in power, they must be prosecuted. All Mike Pence prosecuted. He's calling. He's perfectly fine with Donald. He's making it plain. He's making it very, uh, you know, he's being outspoken. Plain and simple, making it plain and simple that he wants Donald Trump prosecuted. Mike Pence must be the one prosecuted. There's no way for Mike Pence to, to be legally in possession of classified documents. No way. Doesn't matter that he cooperated. It's like somebody hacking their wife to death and then cooperating with the police. You don't charge them with murder then because they cooperated? Cooperation has nothing to do with the crime itself. It can have something to do with sentencing, but not the crime itself. Not whether you prosecute the crime, not whether you charge the crime. It has, it has to do maybe with sentencing. How long of a sentencing? Well, they did cooperate, so knock 10 years off. So I'm just wondering where all the prosecutions are. James Clapper, perjury. John Brennan, perjury. Hillary Clinton, perjury. Anthony Fauci, perjury. Where's all the charges? I mean, Anthony Fauci's basically a Nuremberg-level homicidal lunatic. The man needs to be sued into oblivion for unleashing remdesivir and unleashing the Pfizer and Moderna clot jabs on Americans. All right, back to, the, back to some old footage here. Complete exchange between Rep. Trey Gowdy and, and FBI Dep Deputy Assistant uh, Director Peter Strzok. Why is Peter Strzok not in prison? Perjurer? He lied under oath to the FISA court. He lied under oath to Congress. He, he orchestrated an investigation into a crime. And by the way, 
Collusion is even a crime. They do that too. They just create a crime. Collusion, is that a crime? No. It's not a crime. They, they call collude. They, they say Donald Trump colluded. And then they investigate. And by the way, if you're in, in order for you to actually start an investigation in the FBI, you have to have a credible assertion that there was a crime. Collusion isn't a crime. So how can you have a credible solution that, that, a crime, com- that a crime was committed when collusion itself is not a crime? So Peter Strzok knew, James Comey knew in July, they started Crossfire Hurricane in September. They knew because they were briefed by John Brennan that Hillary Clinton through the DNC hiring Perkins Coie, hiring Fusion GPS, hiring Christopher Steele, hiring D- uh, Igor Danchenko, all just, just for lack of a better term, Trump, term trumping up information against Donald Trump, creating, as Christopher Steele said, I'm using open source data, and as Igor Danchenko said, bar talk, in other words, making up the Russian PP hoax, the collusion, all aspects of the collusion, just making it up out of thin air, and then accusing Donald Trump of it. They knew Hillary Clinton was doing that. They were briefed in July and then launched the investigation Anyway, listen to this exchange between Gowdy and Peter Strzok. Play for me, Will. August the 8th, you still hadn't interviewed anyone. You're eight days into your Russian collusion with the Trump campaign investigation, and you got another text from your uh, colleague, Lisa Page. Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right? And you replied, no. No, he's not. We'll stop it. By the time you promised to stop him from becoming president on August the 8th, how many interviews had you conducted? Mr. Gowdy, so two answers to that. One, with regard to how many interviews had or had not been conducted, I have been directed by counsel for the FBI not to answer that question. Second, sir, I think it's important to take those texts in the context of how they were written and what they meant. And, there, and someone may ask you that question, Agent Strzok, but I didn't. I ask you how many people you interviewed before you wrote it. If you want to get into context, let one of my other colleagues do that with you. Here's what I want to know. Who's the he and he's not? He is then candidate Trump. So when you said, no, Donald Trump's not, in in connection with the question, going to become president, what's the it? Chairman Gotti. We'll stop it. Chairman Gowdy, that text needs to be taken in the context I'm, of which I'm asking, is look, if you want to have a debate over a two-letter word, we're going to have to do that some other time. What and who did you mean by it? Mr. Gowdy, as I've stated, that text was written late at night in shorthand. I don't care when it was written. About. I don't care it's whether it was longhand, cursive. Is. I don't care about any of that. I want to know what it meant, Agent Strzok. It would be his candidacy for the presidency and my sense that the American... March of 2016, you wrote, God, Hillary should win 100 million to zero. And I'm assuming Hillary would be former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton? That's correct. All right. In March of 2016, weren't you investigating her for potential mishandling of classified information? We were. Had you interviewed her yet? Uh, No. Had you interviewed more than 30 other witnesses that wound up being interviewed? 
Uh, I would have to check the case file, but I'll take your representation. That's well, if she had said something incriminating in your interview that took place months later of her, of, of her would she have won $100 million to zero then? Uh, likely not, no. Well, then why wouldn't you wait until the investigation was over before you have her the nominee and winning a general election against an opponent that hadn't even been named yet? $100 million to zero, Agent Strzok? That's how bad she should win? Mr. Gowdy, those personal expressions of my observing the political process of the presidential primaries had no bearing on my actions of any investigation to include the investigation of Secretary Clinton. You sir, couldn't think or of anybody else. Sir, you couldn't think may. of a single person that would not vote for Hillary Clinton for president? A hundred million to zero, sir, Agent Strzok? So that was clearly hyperbole, uh, which I... Well, let's say it was hyperbole. Let's divide it by 10. How about we say it was hyperbolic and divide it by 10? 100 million divided by 10, I'm pretty sure it's 10 million. Zero divided by 10 is still zero. You couldn't think of a single solitary person that was going to vote for her for president before you interviewed her and while you were supposed to be investigating her. Congressman, clearly that... These are the only reason why Peter Strzok is not in charge of the Mar-a-Lago Mar rage investigation for the FBI is because his butt was fired. For what? For lying. And it's just amazing. These same people are now in charge of the Donald Trump uh, document, what he calls the box hoax. He's, that's Donald Trump has named it. The box is hoax. The document's hoax. The exact same people are now in charge of the document hoax as we're in charge of the collusion hoax, those that still remain that were not fired, like McCabe was fired, Comey's fired, Strzok was fired, and, and Paige, uh, uh, Peter Strzok's lover, was fired. And while he's, he says that none of his hyperbolic political tweets should be used as an inference that he would have any political bias in his investigation. He's investigating Hillary Clinton for deleting 33,000 subpoenaed, subpoenaed emails that she had on a private server in a bathroom in Colorado that has now been proven was infiltrated by the Russians and by the Chinese and by other foreign entities. He was investigating that. And while he's investigating that, before even asking her a single question, about deleting and smashing, deleting 33,000 emails and smashing and bleach bidding her devices, he says she should win 100 million to zero. But don't you worry. His bias would never have any effect on his investigations. That's the FBI. 100% the Gestapo for the Democratic Party. Big Fish video. Joe Biden, in fact, emphatically tells the press he's honest. Play for me, Will. You notice I have never once not one single time suggested to the Justice Department what they should do or not do relative to bringing a charge or not bringing a charge. I'm honest. He's honest. Oh, he's honest. He's lying. He sent the letter to NARA, to the National Archives. He sent the letter requesting them to look into Donald Trump after it was found out, whether it was publicly admitted or not, after it was found out that he had, was like, this is how it went, I guarantee you. And Aaron, have I been wrong on any of this? No. no. I guarantee you it went just like this. The FD-1023 informant for the FBI said, you know what, it's not just the bribery, he's got documents from the country he was bribed from. 
He's got documents from the, he's got, he was bribed from Ukraine. He's got documents from Ukraine. And, and Biden goes, okay, I can't do anything about the, the bribery, but I can do something about the classified documents. I can send a letter to NARA, the National Archives, because that's exclusively under his control, and request them to request documents from Donald Trump. And when he doesn't give them back fast enough, like Barack Hussein Obama has got 144,000 classified documents, or not, I don't know about classified, documents, and I'm sure many of them classified, that he swore that he would give back, and seven years later, he's given back zero. There's no raid, no affidavits, no Jack Smith, no special counsels, nothing, no arrests, no indictments, nothing. Because the FBI is nothing more than the Gestapo for the Democratic Party. Joe Biden says he's honest. Joe Biden started the investigation. Here's Boris Epstein. Play it for me, Will. President, they destroyed blackberries with hammers in the State Department. That's not what won the presidency. Actually, and Evan, 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 hold on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Evan Perez, hammers, fact check that for me, please, on the fly. Uh, yes, they did, Brooke. Uh, as as, uh, <laughs> as did. you mentioned, there were uh, 13 devices, mobile devices, and five iPads that uh, the FBI said that you know, in some way, were used with with her private email server. And they did, in some cases, just destroy them with hammers when they were done using them. She said That's a she pretty good way of just. That is absolutely not following the rules and regulations of the State Department. You know it. Your 52 reasons just went down to one. No reasons. And of course, you have the prob the media. It's funny. They get fact-checked live on air. No, they didn't smash any. Uh, Fact-check fact check that for me, will you, Evan? Did they really sma uh, smash all these devices? Why, yes, they did. Love you all. See you Tuesday night, 8.30. God bless you. If you enjoyed watching the Tom Lively podcast, would you consider investing in the program? Go to TomLively.com and donate any amount to the podcast and we will send you this exclusive TLP shirt. Ambient noise is not unbelief, it's what causes unbelief. There's a war going on, but I see, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, Romans 7:23 again. What's warring against the law of your mind is ambient noise. What's challenging the law of your mind? The law of your mind is faith. Whatever is challenging faith to you is noise. It's ambient noise. Ambient noise is often what you don't coherently hear. It's things that you don't necessarily know are challenging your faith. Listen, it is not an option. It is imperative that you identify the ambient noise in your life. Imperative, because there's a war that's going on.